Thank you for joining the Capital Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is for you and that through these expressions of our community, you will find hope, healing, and belonging. To learn more, join us live every week online and visit our website at capitalchurch.co or send us an email at info at to be up here this morning. Um, The Holy Spirit put a word on my heart actually just a couple days ago. So it's very fresh in my heart this morning. And really, I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to share a couple personal stories and testimonies because how many of you know that we overcome the enemy by the word of our testimony? So there's power in our testimony because our testimony points to God's faithfulness. Amen. And you can't deny someone's story, right? You can't deny someone's lived experience that God has proven himself to be faithful in their life. So I I really felt like I was driving um, actually to Costco a couple days ago and I was listening to this one song and the Holy Spirit just fell in my car and I just started weeping and I felt like the Holy Spirit just took me on this journey kind of through my life and quickened this scripture to me that I'm going to share today. And I just felt like he said, people in the church need to hear this message. Um, So I hope that it will encourage you, whether maybe this isn't necessarily for you, it's for all of us, because I'm gonna preach today out of Mark 4, where Jesus said to the disciples, let's get in the boat. And maybe you might not find yourself in the middle of the, the storm where the disciples did. Maybe you're at the point where you're about to get into the boat. Maybe you're on the point where you got to the other side. Praise God, then now you have faith to help encourage people that they're gonna get to the other side too, amen? but we all will have to get in the boat. And it's not a one-time event. If you've been following Jesus long enough, you know that you get in the boat quite a bit. But I want to encourage you because the whole Jesus said, I'm going to give away the whole, the whole crux of this message, but what Jesus said was that he gave away the end of the story before the begot. He gave away the end of the story at the very beginning. Jesus said to the disciples, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. He already gave away the ending. Because how many of you know Jesus cannot lie? He is not a man that he could lie. He is the truth. And so Jesus cannot lie. So he, he didn't say, let's get in the boat and try to get to the other side. He said, no, we are going to the other side. So he gave them the end before they even got there. He told them the end of the story. And he does that for us too. But what happens in life is we get in the boat and the storms begin to come and we start to get overwhelmed by what we can see with our natural eyes. We begin to get overwhelmed with what we can comprehend or reason with our mind. But see, the disciples, all they had to do was remember God's promise. No, he said, we're getting to the other side. So we're not going to drown here in the middle of this lake. Amen. Amen. Let's pray this morning, church. Father, we thank you this morning that you are a good God. You are a faithful, faithful faithful father we can trust you this morning Jesus you've never left us you've never forsaken us we remember that this morning God 
You've been so kind to us. You've been so good to us. Even when we don't deserve it, we never deserve it. Even when we've been faithless, you remain faithful. You are the good shepherd we can trust. You lead us beside still waters. You make us lie down in green pastures. And you even prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Father, we thank you today that we have a good God who is in the boat with us. Therefore, we will not be shaken. And I pray this morning that a spirit of fear and torment that has come against your people would be rebuked in the name of Jesus. You would cause any tormenting, anxious spirit of fear to be gone in people's lives in the name of Jesus, the powerful name that is above every other name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I pray today that we would see you high and lifted up, the train of your robe filling the temple. We would see you, King Jesus, in the boat, and we would not be afraid any longer. What used to overwhelm us now will cause us to laugh because God, you said you prepare a table in the presence of our enemies. We can sit down and relax and have a meal when the enemy is even doing his worst because God, we thank you, he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. Therefore, we have no reason to fear. We have no reason to be afraid. King Jesus is on the throne and he is also in the boat with us today. So I pray a spirit of fear would be gone. And this morning, new faith would come into our hearts today. There would be God a fresh faith to believe again. And we would see with clear eyes, God, that you are with us. We do not have to fear. You will get us to the other side. For he who promised is faithful and he will surely do it. <laughs> so God, let that promise be deposited in us today in a fresh way, like only you can do Holy Spirit. Say what you wanna say, do what you wanna do this morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. God is so good, amen, amen. Well, I just wanna share, I'm not gonna be too long because I really wanna have time to pray at the end for people. But um, I just wanna start by kind of just sharing, like I said, I'm gonna, I think, share three stories um, of how this, this passage is so uh, real to me because it was the very first promise that I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. When I became a believer, I was about... Well, I got saved when I was little, but I really didn't walk with God most of my life. So I really committed my life when I was about 19 years old to the Lord. And so I was a brand new believer at about 19 years old. And about, I would say maybe a month or two after that, I had my first real storm. And my dad called my sister and I, and he said he wanted to meet with us. And so we, we, went, and we went to my sister's house 
And um, I was going in blind. I had no idea. I just thought he had some exciting news for us or something. I wasn't living at home, obviously, at the time. And so I went to meet with my dad and he sat my sister and I down. My, we have five siblings, but my sister and I are the oldest and the other three were very little. And he sat my sister and I down and proceeded to tell us that he was leaving my mom. And it hit us out of left field. We, had, we did not see it coming at all. In our eyes, our parents had a wonderful relationship. We had no idea that there was even problems going on behind the scenes. So it was a huge gut punch to both of us. And I remember I was just in shock and I, didn't under, I couldn't really register what was happening. And I, I just remember I got up, I excused myself and I went to the bathroom and I just sat in there and I just started crying. And I just remember crying out saying, God, what's happening? And it just felt like I was in that storm. Like all of a sudden the wind, the waves were crashing all around me and I couldn't see. And I just was crying out to God for help. And this was the very first scripture, the promise that I received from God in a storm. I didn't know the Bible hardly at all. I was a new believer, but I must've known enough to know this passage because he quickened Mark four to me. And he quickened this story to me. And he said, daughter, do not worry. I'm gonna get you to the other side. And instantly peace filled my soul. It didn't mean obviously that the circumstances changed. Circumstances didn't change, but, all, but I knew I had peace in my soul because I knew what he was saying. He was in the boat with me. And so he was gonna get me to the other side. What seemed overwhelming and daunting and terrifying. It, I mean, if, you don't, if you've never gone through that, it's, it's traumatic. It's obviously not God's design for, for parents to split up. And so it was, very, it was very hard, but I just felt peace in my soul. And I said, God, I know you just spoke to me. And so I don't understand what's happening. I'm scared, I'm sad, I'm grieving, but I thank you that you're gonna get me to the other side. And that began really the journey of my walk with Jesus. That became, I guess, like the foundation, the signpost of my walk with God that he continually would bring me back to that promise because many more storms would come. And, but he would always take me back to that place of Mark 4, daughter, I'm in the boat with you we're gonna get to the other side. And that always encouraged my heart so much. Because we find in this, I think we have, I wanna read through this passage starting in verse 35, Mark 4, 35. It says this, on that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. Think about how scary that would be, right? Like they're thinking they're going down. The, the, the boat is gonna just be broken and dissipate and they're gonna drown. But it says in verse 38, but he was in the stern asleep on the cushion Think of it, right? I mean, they're probably annoyed. Like, have you ever felt this way in your life? God, hello, where are you? Okay, if you haven't felt that way before, you will, okay? 
Like you're gonna go through something in life and I could point to so many scriptures that echo this right here. God, where are you? How, how many times read the Psalms, right? David's like, God, where are you? But I love David because he always comes back to you. But God, I know you're faithful. But it says, so there, here we have Jesus. He's in the boat. They know he's in the boat, but he's asleep on the cushion. Sometimes in life, we will feel like this. God, you're asleep at the wheel. Okay, God, I guess I'm gonna have to take over. Have you felt that way before? God, I guess I'm gonna have to take the wheel again. But I love the scripture because it says, they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? I love that. Have you said that before to the Lord? Do you not care what I'm going through, God? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? So what's the message here that Jesus is giving us? Is he trying to say that, you know, sometimes he's just too busy? Sometimes he's just too preoccupied? Maybe the storm is just too hard for him? He just needs a nap? I mean, I don't blame him. He, is, he works hard. <laughs> we know that Jesus rests. Jesus, that's a huge practice that Jesus implemented. But I don't think that's what he's saying here. What I think Jesus is trying to portray to us here is that he's not intimidated by your storm. And this is good news for us today. He's not worried about your storm. Now don't confuse that with that he doesn't care because we already know the scripture that he, he cares about every detail of our lives. But he's not worried. He's not losing sleep over it. And that should comfort you. Because if he's not worried, you don't need to be worried. Because he's the one in control of your life. He's the one that's in the boat with you. I don't know about you, but I don't want a savior who's pacing back and forth and anxious and stressed and trying to, no, he already knew what was gonna happen. He already knew that the storm was going to come, but was he worried about it? Was he getting out a, a, you know, a drawing board and thinking about the plan? No, he already knew the storm was gonna come and he took a nap. What is he trying to say to us? That there is no problem too big in your life for him. That should encourage you today. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. We have a high priest who understands, he knows the difficulties that you walk through and he cares deeply. But he is also the king, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, who is able to do the impossible. And so what seems impossible for you, and we've all been there in our lives, we all have things that we will walk through that will seem impossible. But I want you to be reminded today that with God, all things are possible. Nothing is too hard. Come on. When was the last time you rebuked the wind and the wind listened? 
I mean, we can do it. Elijah did it. But Jesus can speak to the weather and the storm stops. Do you think he can't do it, speak to a storm in your life? He can speak to a storm in your life at any moment. He is able to do that. But I think sometimes he, is, he tests us because he loves us. He was testing the disciples. And I think he knew he, he knew, and he's, he's gracious and merciful and so long-suffering with us. But he knew that, they're, that, they, that they weren't quite yet there, where they, they were overwhelmed still more by the circumstances than they had faith in a God of the impossible. And so God will use the storms of our life to train us and to teach us that he can get you to the other side and that the next time you have to get into the boat, you can remember God did it then, he can do it again. And so I hope that you will be encouraged by that. Romans eight twenty eight. this is my life scripture. We all know it, but it says, and we know. That word know, I mean, that's like a confident knowing. We know, just like Philippians 1, 6 says, I am confident of this that he who began a good work is faithful to complete it. We know that, sorry, I, script, I switched verses on you, <laughs> but yeah, verse, so Philippians 1, 6, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. But Romans eight twenty eight says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. All things, somebody say all things. Not some things, but all things will work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. But you have to hurl that thing at his feet. How does he work all things for our good? It's when we go through something in life and rather than trying to deal with it in our own strength, we say, God, I give it to you. Would you work this thing for my good? That's another promise that has marked my life that I love to say, okay, God, I don't know how you're gonna turn this around, but I can't wait to watch. I'm telling you, if you get that kind of perspective in life, it's exciting because you can see God promised all things he will work together for your good. So even your mistakes, even your shortcomings, that word, that word, um, all things in, includes afflictions, trials, persecutions, calamities, sufferings, wrong choices. These are all among the means that, uh, that he uses to bring us closer to him and make us more like him. How many of you know it's not on the mountaintop that your character is transformed? It's in the valley. It's in the struggles. It's in the affliction. It's in the storms that we get to meet Jesus face to face. See, if we always live on the mountaintop, we're never growing. We're not becoming like him. You don't need faith if everything's going well. You need faith when you're like, God, I don't understand what's happening but I trust you. I look to you, Jesus. That's when you're growing. When you don't understand what's going on, 
but you choose to trust. And sometimes it's hard and that's okay. And we can be honest about that with God. You can be honest, God, I am having a hard time trusting you right now. I feel overwhelmed. I feel anxious. Look at Peter, right? Peter walked, walked physically with Jesus and he too began to sink when he looked at the circumstances around him. God is merciful and gracious to us, but we can be honest about that. But I, I promise you, if you tell God, God, I wanna trust you in all things, he will help you and he will work all of those things for your good, amen? Amen. So I went through a, 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 another storm that I went through um, that I think was like a marker moment in my life was obviously all know the story, but we were unable to conceive for, I think it was almost, well, it was nine years at that point. And we obviously had three beautiful children through the miracle of adoption, which I am so grateful that we got to experience um, but we just knew, I just knew in my heart that we, God had, God wanted us to conceive also. I just knew that was part of our story. So I never lost hope of that. And I just always knew it was going to happen in God's time. And so we miraculously conceived, like nothing changed. Like we weren't doing anything different. Like it just like miraculously happened after nine years of trying. And I was just elated. I was on cloud nine. Like it was just just such a shock. Like if you, women, you know, like if you've gone through that where it's like you've taken hundreds of tests of no to finally have one say yes. It was like, I mean, I can't even describe to you just the feeling that ran through my body. I was just on cloud nine. And so I was just so excited. And um, we were, we happened to be on in California when it happened with all of the family. And it was just such a wonderful time. We were all just so excited. And um, and it happened to also be the same week that we, Chris and I, were being set in as lead pastors back in 2016. So I don't think there's any coincidences in that at all. And um, we, we were, had just found out, so it was so new. We didn't have our doctor appointment or anything, but um, Chris, um, which I love this because normally it would be me, but Chris really felt like he, we should share this with the church, which I'm so glad that we did. And so we got to share it with all of you guys um, on the, the day that we were set in as lead pastors. And it was just such a wonderful, um, just a very special moment for us. Anyways, that day I went home and I experienced like pain in my body. And then the next day um, began to miscarriage. And it was really painful and very hard to walk through. Um, but I, I felt like, to be honest, the Holy Spirit prepared me for it. I kind of felt like he told me it was gonna happen. And he also gave me this promise of, what I interpreted as, don't worry, you're gonna get pregnant again very soon. That was my interpretation of it. Um, little did I know what was coming, but <laughs> what, how many of you know we hear in part, right? So I just remember when I, when, I, when I found out I was pregnant, I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Uh, I, I don't know how to describe it, but I felt like I just knew in my heart that we were gonna lose our baby, but that he was saying, don't worry. And I felt like I interpreted as in a couple months, you'll happen again. But really what he was saying was, you're gonna have a couple more and then a couple more, you know? But so again, if, you, if, you, if, you're, 
if you hear a word from the Lord, we don't always hear it so super clear, but he was faithful to it. So anyways, all that to say, so I had this expectation of, so it was very, very hard, very hard to walk through that because we, you know, we had tried for nine years and then got pregnant and then lost our baby. But honestly, I can't even tell you what the Holy Spirit did in me through that. Like, I just felt so grateful that I got to carry her for six weeks. Like, to me, that was just such a miracle because I had never even been able to conceive before. She, she made heaven so real to us. We believe it was a she. My kids still joke, mom, what if it's a boy? I'm like, well, hopefully it's a girl because we call her a girl. <laughs> But I think the Lord, the, I think the Lord told us. But anyways, but I, I, at that time, God used, we called her, we named her McKinley. Um, God used her in such a powerful way. She had such a purpose in her short life of, of six weeks, really, um, where she made heaven so real to our big, our oldest three kids. Um, at the time, they were, one of them was going through a wrestle of like, how do you know God's real? And like, and I love it because he's just, he's a, he questions everything. And, and I just love that about him. And he had to know for himself. And, you know, God was amazing because he used um, McKinley to, because obviously when we lost her, it was so hard and, and it, they really grieved and they really understood that they lost someone, which was so hard and sad, but it also was beautiful, if that makes sense, because they understood that life is so much more than just here and now. And it, it beautifully bridged the gap of heaven and earth for them. Um, after that, we went through that. They've never questioned if God is real. Um, they still, heaven is so near to them. We talk about McKinley as if she's one of ours. I have a stocking for her at home. Like she's just as real to me as my seven children here on earth. Because how many of you know we live for eternity? And so I will spend all of eternity with her. And so um, it, anyways, but so it was such a, it was a beautiful time. It was a hard time. It was a painful time, but it was so beautiful. God brought such beauty out of ashes. Um, but then a couple months later, I went through a big wrestle. I mean, you know, Jacob wrestled with God and I, I, I realized um, I kind of hit this like point of where honestly in the first, first time I would say I was really angry with God. And I was like, um, I couldn't identify at first like what was going on in my heart. And um, I really had to pray through it. But it came out that um, I, I literally feel like I wrestled with God one night and I just was getting it all out. And I was like, God, I'm so, I'm so mad. And I'm so disappointed because I had this expectation that I, I was gonna get pregnant again by that point. And, um, and it hadn't happened. And so all these things, you know, fear thoughts started to come in, like, it's not gonna happen again. Um, you know, you can't trust God. You know, all these things that the enemy tries to throw at us. And I had to wrestle with God. I had to get it out. And I had to give all of those concerns and fears and disappointments really to God. And um, when I did that, I felt such a release in my heart and my spirit. And I just was at peace. I was like, okay, God, I can trust you. And God reminded me, I'm, I'm in the boat with you. I'm in the boat with you. And I know it doesn't make sense right now, but I promise you I'm faithful to my promises. I could never have dreamed that two years later, I would get pregnant with twins and then right after they were born, get pregnant again with twins. 
All that to say is that God will exceed your wildest expectations if you surrender and trust Him when things do not make sense. When you're in the boat and the storm is raging all around, when you feel like you're drowning, when you feel confused, when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel scared, when you feel mad, when you feel angry, when you feel disappointed, we will all feel that in life, okay? The right way to direct that is to Him. There's a whole book called Lamentations for a reason, okay? We're meant to take that to Him. He is big enough to handle it. It's when we take it to each other that it kind of gets messy and it kind of gets, it's not the right way that we're to deal with it. But we can, like Jacob, we can wrestle with God and we can give God our frustrations, our expectations that he didn't meet, our disappointments. He, he's big enough to carry it all. And when we take those things and we place it in his hands and we say, like Romans 8, 28, God, will you work this for my good? He gets excited about that. He loves that kind of prayer because he says, oh yeah, just watch, watch what I can do. And that's what he did in my life through that storm was it was so painful to lose our baby, but I saw such beauty come from those ashes. And like I said, I have all eternity to be with her. But then I also gained four more on this earth. So God is a God who will exceed your wildest expectations as you put your trust in him. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could dare to ask, hope, or imagine. Amen? Amen. One more quick story. Amen, give God praise for that. He's so faithful. If you want twins, I'll pray for you after the service. <laughs> I actually have so many people tell me, please don't, don't pray for me. I'm like, oh, come on. No, it's actually awesome. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. We love our wildlife. God named us correctly when he gave us the last name Wild. He really did. God has a sense of humor. He really does. So one last story. Um, so, so all that to say, sometimes the storms can feel like the valley. Have you ever felt like you're in the valley before? Psalms 23, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And I was listening, like I said, all this going full circle. I was, when I was driving to Costco the other day, I was listening to this song. Um, it's called For My Good by, um, I think Maverick City, I'm not sure. But it's such a pow powerful song. I, we're gonna, I think, it here in the church soon, but it's such a good song. And the whole point of that song is like that God worked these horrible, these awful things for my good. And um, it's a really raw and real song. And it resonates deep with me because I feel like I've lived through that. And so um, it's just like a powerful reminder of how God carries, it says, there's a, there's a point in this the song where it says, when I should have lost my mind, you showed up right on time. You carried me through the valley all the way to the other side. And when pain tried to take my joy, that's when I felt you more. 
I can't sing, but and it's something. It's so good, though. I cannot sing it, but it's so good, and and I and I love it because it's so raw and real. Have you ever felt like you lost your mind? <laughs> okay, I'm not afraid to be real. Okay, like I I think I think we need to talk more about what people are going through in life. And, and I, we've kind of touched on this, but the last four years really for us, well, I, I would say probably beginning in, yeah, 2020, which for all of us collectively, I think we could all say, yeah, 2020, I think we all kind of felt like we lost our mind a little bit, like that everything got flipped upside down. But um, Chris, uh, we, a lot of things happened in our life at that time. Like we said, we just had uh, two newborn babies. We just had two one-year-olds. So we had two one-year-olds two brand new newborns. We just went through a move. At the same time, Chris started uh, seminary to get his master's. At the same time, the world flipped upside down uh, and we were all like homebound for a little bit there. And, um, and then a lot of other crazy things happened. And um, probably one day, like maybe we'll, I think that's, uh, Chris, will, Chris has touched on that, but just kind of some health things and some anxiety things and things like that that we had to walk through. And honestly, Chris and I joke about it now. We're like, it kind of felt like the dark night of the soul. Like, um, like we were like, oh gosh, like where you're just like walking in the dark and you're like, are we gonna get out of this season? Um, it felt like that for a long time. And, um, and we're, you know, praise God. I feel like we're coming out of it. it oh, and I forgot to say this, but my, my husband just finished his last day of seminary. Um, I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of him. He graduates officially in um, April, but he is done with school. So I'm so proud of him. That was no, no easy task, but he did such an amazing job. So make sure you congratulate him um, when you see him. But um, yeah, so we, it felt like just even that on last Tuesday was his last day of school. And it felt like, oh, like we're coming out of a season, you know? And um, I just remember there was, I was particularly in 2021, there was just a lot of, wrestling that God was taking us through where God was just bringing things in us to the surface. Have you ever gone through that in your life where you're like, wait, where is this coming from? You know, like God knows what's in us um, and he will use circumstances to bring things in us that he wants to get out of us. Amen. And so it felt like we were kind of in that, this long season of God just refining us and just doing, dealing with things inside of us. And I remember I had a lot of wrestles with God and I remember um, I had to go to prayer a lot. And I remember God said to me, he would give me promises. Cause how many of you know, you have to hear from God when you're going through the valley. You, you cannot go through the valley alone. I believe that it's in the valley where we're meant to see Jesus face to face. He is our good shepherd who leads us through the valley. And remember what the Psalm says, 23, you are meant to go through the valley. Echoing Mark 4, you are meant to go to the other side. But the enemy always wants to get us stuck in the middle. He wants us to get overwhelmed by what we're going through and we start to question who God is. We start to question God's character. It all goes back to the garden. Did God really say? And so the enemy will always try to overwhelm us in the valley. We will feel like all of these 
thoughts coming. Like I said, I talked, I shared with you those wrestles of, can I really trust God? Is God faithful? Is God mean? Does he give us promises and then change his mind? All of these things I have had to wrestle through. And what do I really believe about God? Because how many of you know, when things are going great, it's easy to believe God is good. But what about when everything's going wrong? Do you still believe God is good? And God is so good that he will let us go through difficult circumstances so that we can learn even in the difficult times that we can trust that God is good. It's a superficial faith if everything goes well in our life. Anybody can believe God is good then. But what about when things get flipped upside down? Maybe you get a diagnosis, you came out of nowhere. Maybe like me, you, you get sat down and told your whole family's breaking up. Maybe it's a financial crisis that feels daunting and overwhelming. Maybe it's a child who's struggling and just gone off the path. There's all kinds of things, we're all gonna go through it. We all will go through it. But God wants to teach us in those moments that he is the one that will get us through it. He is the one that will take your hand and guide you to the other side. He is a good shepherd and you can trust him. Last night, I felt like the Holy Spirit told me to get in the car and go for a drive. And it was shocking because he told me to go back to the place, our old home, where that place of pain was for four years. And to be honest, I haven't been able to drive by that house. It just felt too painful and brought up memories. But I felt like the Holy Spirit said last night, we're gonna go back there. And I was driving back there and I drove past it, trying not to be creepy while it's in the middle of the night and my lights are flashing. <laughs> so I'm driving slowly, but, and I just felt like God said, we're gonna build an altar right here. And I started to cry tears of gratitude. What used to be tears of pain when I would see that place became tears of gratitude. I felt overwhelmed with, the, with thanksgiving because I knew, God, you were faithful. You got us through. You got us through. And what used to be a place of pain, I began to thank God. I thanked him for the valley. I thanked him for the hard things that we walked through because it was in those things that I got to know him more, that I got to see a different facet of who he was. See, our God is so good. He's so good. He's better than we could ever dream. And maybe when you feel like you've lost your mind, he will show up right on time. He will carry you through the valley all the way to the other side. And in that place last night, I built an altar. I said, God, 
you've been so faithful. And I will remember, I will remember. And I've done that in my life where I feel like God has told me to build an altar of remembrance. And I think it's so powerful that you do that in your life because you're gonna go through storms. I think collectively right now, as the, as the world, as a church, we're going through a big storm. And maybe in your personal life, things don't feel overwhelmed, but maybe you're looking at, oh God, the nations and like, what's gonna happen? What's happening, Lord? I remember at the beginning of 2020, God gave me so many promises over this nation. And I would just sh prophesy and shout. And I felt like God was reminding me, like, I'm, I'm still faithful to those promises. I'm still, if I gave you those promises then, I intend to fulfill them now. And so I just, I just wanna stir our faith this morning that some of you today, maybe you need to build an altar. You need to say, God, maybe you don't feel like you're on the other side yet, but you're like, God, I'm gonna stop right now and I'm gonna build an altar. And I'm gonna say, thank you, God, for being so faithful. For some of you, maybe you need to look back and say, you know what? Yeah, God, you were so faithful in that circumstance. You were so good to me. You were so kind. You did it, you brought me through. And I'm gonna remember again. But I feel this morning that God wants to stir our faith. I felt it as I was driving to Costco. I felt like the wind, the sky was ministering to me. It was so beautiful on that day. And it was one of those moments where I felt like the windows of heaven were opened. And I felt such faith for the church. He said, there are many that are discouraged. There are many that think they're not gonna make it. There are many who feel that I've not been faithful to my promise. There are many who feel like they're not gonna make it to the other side. But he said, daughter, remind them today that they are going to get to the other side. Remind them that I am in the boat with them and they will not drown in the midst of the storm. I feel this is from the Holy Spirit and he wants to encourage you today that you are gonna make it. You're gonna make it to the other side. He who promised is faithful. He is a very present help in time of need. He is our strong tower we can run into and be safe. The scripture says when the enemy comes in, and I shared this before, and Dr. Stan, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard that we all, we have, we've said the scripture incorrectly. The comma is in the wrong place. It's supposed to say when the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I think we give the enemy too much credit. We've said, when the enemy comes in like a flood, no. When the enemy comes in like a flood, God is the one who speaks to the weather. He will raise up a standard against the enemy in your life. He will rebuke the devourer on your behalf. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to give towards this ministry, learn more about our church and events, or are in need of prayer, please visit capitalchurch.co.